just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. Chris McCarthy, Marcus Farrell, Sheriff. Thank you for uh, staying uh, to the 8 o'clock hour to take these calls. And you guys locked me in the door. Can we get out? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take them now. 508-996-0500 is uh, how you can get on if you want to talk to the Sheriff. Good evening. You're live with Sheriff Hodgson. Good evening, gentlemen. Hi, caller. And Sheriff Hodgson, thank you for your service. Thank you, sir. I get I guarantee if you only receive one vote on November 8th, it will be my vote. <laughs> well, I hope nobody else votes then. <laughs> uh, this morning on Fox News, Sheriff, I saw uh, 14,000 fentanyl pills were found in a pair of crutches, aluminum crutches that people with a broken leg or you know, a broken ankle might uh, try, you know, would use to, go, to cross the border. They found 14,000 fentanyl pills. What is really kind of getting to me is that fentanyl, it is created in China, it is trafficked through Mexico, and it is killing people on a daily basis. 300 a day. And, yes. And the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, says that border is secure. And I'm curious what your take is on that. I'll hang up. Well, and I don't, I, I don't I'm not usually this blunt. And I don't normally speak this way. Secretary Mayorkas is a liar. He's a liar. I knew him when he was, I knew wow. him when, yeah. And I don't, and, and let me tell you something. I don't say that lightly. I've dealt with him in Washington. I confronted him about uh, almost a year ago now about what he did to our operation and told him, he said, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll have a uh, conversation with you offline. I, I, he, I said, when do you want to have this conference one-on-one, Mr. Secretary Mayorkas? He goes, oh, I don't have my schedule. I said, well, he said, talk to the, one of the executive board members, have him call my office. I said, you know what, Mr. Secretary, I'll make it a lot easier for you. Here's my business card Here's my with my phone number, and you need to learn the facts. He's never called me. He never answered my first letter when I insisted that he immediately reinstate my program, apologize to my staff nationally in writing, and deliver the plaque that's up at the Boston office that was supposed to be delivered a month before he shut us down that said, that came from his headquarters, congratulations, Bristol County, on your perfect score on your 287G audit. He's, the pho- he's a phony, and for him to look the American people in the eye and insult the American people. Well, well, the only thing that could have been worse is when he was standing there while, you know, maybe a thousand people were walking right over the border and some floating in the Rio Grande that drowned like the pregnant woman with two ends that died and her husband was on the other side trying to get in here because they were encouraging people to come. You know, what about those people that, that you know, the, and these, these girls whose the mothers are giving their daughters birth control pills before they hand them off to the coyotes because they know they're going to get raped at least once? Why in God's name would anybody in elective office in this nation think when they know this is going on, say, you know what, your kid that died two years ago that was killed by that illegal alien or by the fentanyl that, that, that these kids are dying from, 300 a day now in this country, people dying at this poisoning – you're basically saying down in Washington, and you represent us, we pay your salary, we pay for the seat you sit in, and we pay for that building you work in, and you're basically telling us, you know what, your kid, Mrs. Jones, had died four days ago, his life doesn't matter. And neither do the four or five tomorrow that are going to die, even though I know that that's going to happen, 
as, as, as your representative, I'm not doing anything about it because my politics are more important than their lives. Sheriff, um, and we're going to get your calls at 508-996-0500. So I hear what you're, ta- you're saying about, um, you know, uh, giving uh, young girls birth control pills because they're going to they might get sexually assaulted by the uh, by the coyotes and the woman who's uh, drowned with twins in the Rio Grande. Um, I think doesn't that demonstrate that the, to make this intrepid up through Central America to the border, the conditions that they're in are pretty dire in their home country. And then don't we as uh, you know contributors of those conditions have an obligation to be more welcoming so we don't necessitate the conditions that allow people to drown in the rio grande or uh be smuggled in by coyotes uh, no is the answer. Uh, no it's not and let me tell you why and let me tell you why we're the most generous country in the world when it comes to immigration we bring in over a million legally a year we, we have legally okay including your parents including my parents well right. my mother your i mother, mean my yeah. father yeah yeah but 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 more to the point is you we we have to have we have to have immigration um uh rules and laws for people to get here we do allow people to come here that are in those situations because they can claim asylum but the problem is when they don't qualify they're like well i'm coming anyway and i had an illegal alien tell me that in a meeting i was having up in boston so he said well i said "You, you you had a right to apply at the embassy before you came here he said, yeah, but I, they, they wouldn't let me qualify, so I, I was coming anyway. This is what's going on. Look, the cartels are making millions and millions of dollars bringing these people in, 7000 to $10,000 for one person. They're getting. Then when the people get here, they put them in a house if they don't have all the money, and they hold them there until the people send the money over. And if they don't send it over, they tell them, we're going to kill your kid or we're going to kill your loved one, whoever it is, right? This is – I've been down to the border. Look. I've been to the border five times, okay, along with many other sheriffs around this nation. We're not all wacky going to the border. We're all there because we know the border isn't just right there on the, geographically. We've known that for years, and we've been telling Washington that for years. And you know what? Those people that are coming in, they're not staying at the border. I remember one of the congressmen asking me when I was testifying before Congress saying, Sheriff, do you know what the three safe – you said that people are being impacted in your community, Massachusetts, and crimes being committed against people and all this, which they are. Um, what, do you know what the three safest cities are in, in, in America? I said, Congressman, not off the top of my head. He named three cities in, in, on, the, on the border. El Paso, maybe. And I, and I said, you made my point, Congressman. You hmm. made my point. The people that are coming across, they're not staying there to get caught. They're moving up to Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New York. Like I said, we had the highest influx of illegal aliens than any other state in the United States. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live with the sheriff. Yeah, good evening, uh, gentlemen. Um, sheriff Hodgson, uh, thank you for, uh, well, thanks, BSM, for putting putting you on. I, uh, I am a fan, I'll just say that. And I don't know if you guys had the... Your, your uh, headphones on during the break. Um, the ABC News feed came through. Jonathan Carl reporting. If you know anything about Jonathan Carl, he's at least a little bit checkered in his uh, bona fides. He, he reported uh, that Donald Trump, on the urging of his supporters, had tried to, to go after some big name law firms for defense, and they didn't re- return his calls. Not sure how he confirmed that. Not sure why it was news. My question to you, Sheriff, is given this, um, the, the atmosphere that we're in, um, how do you kind of approach 
you know, how you do your job, how you present yourself publicly when we're so charged with, you know, anything Trump that's <laughs> negative makes the news. It just, you know, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to do with your... So how do you navigate through a partisan political environment? How do you do with the environment? Thank you. Well, um, I've, I've never really <laughs> sort of seen myself, um, you know, making points through the political lens. I, I've always talked to the people of this county and talked to them directly about what I believe is right, what I believe we need to do. As far as what, what's going on um, with the back and forth of, of – I think it's very sad, actually, to be honest with you in this country. We, we never we, – people see things in, in snippets because they're watching, looking at Facebook and all these other things. And so when they catch the news, um, depending what channel you're watching, it's always – Always the surface. This one did this. No, this one did that. They come up, and it's a back and forth fight at the top of an issue that never drills into an argument about what their legitimate differences are around the issue itself, and and trying to find a way to come to a, a common um, denominator of a solution. And that's that. It used to be that way. Tip O'Neill and and and. Ronald Reagan would argue vociferously over positions on certain issues, but when they, at the end of the day, and that was during the day, at night they'd go grab a scotch and play cards together. They didn't. They didn't personalize it. And this country, we are better than this in America. And what's happening is, the people of our country are have lost sight of the fact that you know it's okay to have different points of view. Three quarters of my brothers and sisters are Democrats. I love every one of them. We have different points of view on things, obviously, and we, we don't sometimes come to, a, a, you know, a, an understanding that, okay, yeah, we're kind of meeting halfway. We just agree to disagree. That's okay, and that's the way America should be. But, you know, using somebody having a different point of view as a reason to hate them is, is really as un-American as it gets. And we have got to get back to just, just respect people, listen to what they have to say. You don't have to agree, but... Maybe if you listen, you might find out that you want to modify something a little bit, or you may help them modify something that they hadn't thought about. But if you just close people down because this is the way it is, I believe this and that, and nobody grows, America loses, and we lose as people. And, and, and I think we're better than that, and that's why I've always believed. Just focus on the issue, talk to the people, and I don't, I don't get caught up in this nonsense of the back and forth. 508-996-0500 or we're taking messages on the app chat if you want to talk to the sheriff. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Yes, good evening, gentlemen. <clears throat> sheriff, I want to thank you for keeping our community safe. Well, thank you, Carl. And secondly, I want to thank you for the way that you check on our senior citizens on a daily basis. Well, thank you. And I wish you luck on september the 6th thank you caller that that's always well, been one of my top well questions. you won't need luck on september 6th right because you're running unopposed right. unless it's a writing campaign we don't know about <laughs> right in Chris mccarthy if if drafted i will des- i will not well, I, I will not serve right? i was hoping so <laughs> right <laughs> I was hoping not. yeah the um, no but call it he doesn't have a republican opponent but in november you can vote for him twice <laughs> but um you, you know to, to, and thank you caller that was for your kind comment now you just, know, just so you know that woman runs the uh, community association in the south end of new bedford okay so oh, she yeah. very much knows oh, okay. what's going on with our community yeah yeah she does um look um that one of the most important responsibilities and one of the things that i made a top priority when i first took over was to take care of our seniors you know at a time they're supposed to be in their golden years they have supported their churches 
supported their families. They've made the right sacrifices. And here they are in their, in their gold, supposed to be their golden years. If government, any, government owes any group, in addition to the, the veterans of our country, it's the seniors. So you do a you do a bracelet program, right, or an ankle bracelet program? We do a yeah Project Lifesaver, where we actually we, we provide a bracelet to people who are, who have family members, loved ones who are suffering from dementia, autism, uh, or, or uh, Alzheimer's. And it's got a GPS on it, so it's got if, a they, GPS, if they wander, if they wander off, we're going to be able to we're going to be able to find. We're going to now a drone adaptation to that, which is going to be even even uh, more speedy in locating. We generally find them within a half hour. We also wow. do a program called. Uh, file of life where you can actually fill out this form that goes into us into a like a, a a small red pouch and it's very clear all the fire police ems they all know it when they see it if they walk into your house and you're unconscious and and you can't speak they're going to be able to go right to that refrigerator where it's you know attached to the front of the refrigerator and they're going to grab that card out it's going to tell them the most recent operations you had the medications you're on i might want to get on that program things. no you, you should right. you right. absolutely you right. should right absolutely I'm, I'm going to get you one of those because yeah. look they know so that they don't give you something that counteracts what you're which and, and they know what they're dealing with right it gives them a heads up and we have those for for vehicles as well called the yellow it's a yellow alert so there's a sticker on your car that tells them you have that in your glove box as well 508-996-0500 Good evening. You're live with the sheriff. Good evening. How you doing, guys? Hi, Tom. Tom. What's up? Mr. Sheriff. Hi, Colin. I just have, have a question uh, and, a, and a comment, I guess I'll start out with. For those people that think that the Astry Jail is a good idea to close, it kind of crazy. We just put a $600,000 roof on it a few yes. years ago. So that ain't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But uh, I, I was thinking there was a, a project that my uh, sister who had worked for you, and I'll, I'll disclose that she since passed away, but... Oh, oh my goodness! It. I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. Oh my yeah, goodness, Sister Mary. Sister oh Mary. my goodness, I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. She was yeah, such a great she, lady. She, she was working on uh, uh, an idea at the Ash Street Jail, to, and I think in, in your long tenure and experience, you'd be able to tell folks and and where you talk to other sheriffs. Are there enough incarcerated people that uh, maybe have uh, you know diseases? Uh, where their life is, is truly threatened, where they could turn that Ash Street Jail at some point in time into a type of hospice hospital and still retain uh, the ability to uh, accept prisoners from the cities and towns when, when they're arrested. Yeah, um, we actually were looking at it when we shut down uh, the gymnasium. We were actually looking to see if we could convert that for that very purpose, uh, Tom. It was um, it was a way for us to be able to to have a place that they could go if they were you know in the final stages of things that they could be treated and still be in um, you know in the community in a, in a in a sort of different environment, but within the within the prison walls. Right. Yeah. I thought, and she had brought that up. I thought that was a, a it great was, idea. It was a great and, idea. Uh, and she was and, such uh, an amazing lady. She really yeah, was. We were blessed maybe, to have maybe her down be part the line. Of yeah, maybe down the line uh, you could turn it in, in, into something like that yeah. uh, and yeah. get together with the rest of the prison systems in the state. And I think the numbers would, would, would show that it, that it would be feasible. Anyway. Yeah. Thank you. For Good luck on September Thank 6th. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> 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 yeah. Thanks, Tom. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Yes, good evening. And first of all, to you, Tom Kennedy, my belated condolences to your yeah. loss to your sister Mary. I knew her. And may she rest in peace and Godspeed. Now, to the sheriff, 
to you, sir. Hello? I'm here. Yep. <laughs> Hello, caller. Okay. We're here, uh, Big Al. Okay. Well, I just want you, know, I want you to know, and it's good to hear you, Chris McCarthy. Thank you, sir. Absolutely, sir. Uh, to you, to the sheriff. Yes, sir. You've got a perfect gentleman in the studio. I remember him when he was at the CYO, and more than likely he had a relative playing the game there. Oh, yeah. And the man took the time out to talk with me, and I, t I spoke with him, and it was great to talk with the sheriff. Well, and and he's a good man. Well, thank you, Caller. You're nice to say that. You know, um, yeah, that was my daughter. Uh, Thanks for the call, Big Al. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's one of the great gifts of being able to be in a position like this where you, you get to you, you get to really be involved and meet people. Right. Um, you know, I've had, I've had um, you know. So you had a grandson that's a great basketball player. Yeah. Kid's tall enough, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's definitely tall enough. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, thank you again, Caller, for your, your kind comment. But um, what I would what I would tell you is that, you know, there's a lot of, not just in the community, um, but even with the, the inmates themselves, people that... Um, People who have had a challenge, who potentially could have created a serious problem that we were able to intercede with. We have one guy who I brought back as a, as a uh, minister. Uh, he was, at the time, I, I was notified by his uncle that he was going to be released. And the uncle wanted me to keep him in there because he said he was threatening to go, when he got out, kill himself and kill his family. Oh, my God. Huh? And I didn't know him. I went down talked to him for quite some time. And after a couple of sessions, I said, why don't you go to Teen Challenge? And I finally was able to get him to, to, to convince him to go. And I worked with Reverend Chavez down at um, Nazarene Church, and we got him to go. And he called while he was there and said, I'm not going to stay because it's a long program. Okay. And so I said, listen to me. I, I, I don't want you don't leave. I'm coming up there. And I went up with one of my, my, my staff members, and I said, and we're bringing your daughter. He brought his daughter up. He went for a walk with his daughter, and he said, I'm staying. Good. And, you know, he ended up graduating. He ended up um, ultimately coming to our facility and, and teaching these other inmates, right, <laughs> encouraging. And then we bought a house in Fall River uh, and, and opened it up for Teen Challenge, asking them to take our people into the program from there in Fall River. And... Um, and we had a lot of good success with that with a couple of years until they finally said, well, we don't, we have to take people from other places. I said, well, then we can't, we can't continue to, to, to do that. Right. Uh, it was really for the benefit of our people. Um, but we still supported the program. Today, that gentleman who was ministering with us, he's one of the top people up in New Hampshire running Teen Challenge and has been for years. Fantastic. And he's a local kid from, from New Bedford originally. Went through a lot of, a lot of difficult times prior to all that even coming to us. But he overcame it. 508-996-0500. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. You're live with the sheriff. Good evening. Hi, caller. Good evening. Good evening. Hey, you're on the air. Good evening, you're on the air. Sheriff Hudson, I want to thank you for caring about our society. I want to thank you for your tenacity in standing in the face of controversy amongst people who think being soft on crime pays because it doesn't. And I just want to say that I wish we had more people like you that can discuss issues without getting, you know, personal and and hostile. I, I think that you would 
run a great uh, debate class, which they don't have anymore. <laughs> I think, really, right, uh, Marcus? I mean, come on, Chris. Absolutely. I mean, well, all of you have that quality, and I don't know where you younger ones got it, but... <laughs> my parents, my school, parents. Law school. Yeah. Right. Okay, okay. And, you know, but a lot of people do not see adults exchange different ideas in the tone and demeanor which is necessary to get someone to hear you. Right. And I just think it's just really, really uh, remarkable because they don't make them like you anymore. But I want to thank you for sticking to it, not giving up on the area. And now that I've inflated your head even bigger, <laughs> uh, Marcus will give you a pin to pop it. <laughs> and um, and um, thank, you, thank you, gentlemen. Thank it's you, been Cole. a really, uh, really, really uh, interesting show. I really, really enjoy it. And Thanks. I hope you don't stop. Thank Great. you, Thank you. Thank you for your nice comments. You know, it, it's, it's funny. I, I mean, I, I was, you know, she's talking about how, how do you how do you do that? And, and honestly... I, I was blessed. I grew up in a big family. I right. had to learn right. early on to listen to other people, work with other people, you know, accept their different points of view. So, you know, we're, we're uh, and, and, I, and you know, everybody has the capacity to do that. We all do. And it's a question, do we have the will? Well, the reality of it, Tom, right. is that <clears throat> you wouldn't have gotten elected and reelected and reelected without the votes of Democrats, right? Right. Without the people who who take a look at your policies, not not necessarily your voter registration, right. who say I agree with the guy on all these issues, and um, and so I'm going to support him even though he's a Republican. Yeah, that's and, the reality. And I think more and more people are looking at that now because um, I think they're fed up. I, I do. I think both sides they're fed up with both sides arguing and 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 really sort of just attacking each other and not look. Instead of that, spend some time. Talk about the issue. You can have different points of view, and people will appreciate the different debate. But you don't. If you start getting that, people are turn. They turn it off, Big and then they and then they lose too because then nothing gets done because they say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get involved. I'm not gonna. And and then then once you once you give that up to politicians, trust me, they run away with the store, and they like nobody's paying attention. What do we care? I mean, just look at Washington, right? That's a good point. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. <clears throat> You said uh, just at the break that you can hoop, right? So, I can hoop. Uh, you versus Moore Healy, one-on-one, who wins? Um, it's a slam dunk my end, I'd say. <laughs> no. We're speaking with uh, Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodge. And actually, um, the program that you're talking about, I, I think, is uh, sounds really helpful if you want to talk about it uh, with the audience. Yeah, there's, um, there's a program we have called Are You Okay? And um, anyone that lives alone uh, can sign up for the program. Uh, or if you're caring for somebody who's incapacitated, you can sign up as well. Uh, and the way the program works is uh, every morning at a certain time, at the same time, usually you're going to get a phone call that's going to just simply ask you when you answer the phone, are you okay? And you say, yeah, I'm fine. Um, then we move on to the next, next call. Um, if you don't answer the phone, we're going to call you back in five minutes because you could be down doing laundry you're doing something. And, um, and uh, if you don't answer the second time, we immediately contact your emergency contact person and say, hey, can you go over and check on this person? Uh, and um, and if they can't uh, either get into your home or, or contact you, we immediately send the local police over and they uh, they will, will then enter. We've had several, several, several uh, saves on this program where people were in need of help and uh, we were able to get it to them as opposed to 
not being able to right. get any help and having a worse situation. It's also so so important for the families. Uh, if you don't live near here and your mother or father are here and you're in California or wherever, you have the comfort of knowing somebody's checking on your on your loved one. Um, and, 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 of course, they as well, the person who's being checked on, has some level of comfort to know if I'm in trouble, uh, somebody's going to get here. I can't get to a phone, but I, I know somebody's going to check and I won't be laying here for days. So, Sheriff, um, <clears throat> seems to me it's something I've known for quite a while, but there's more to the sheriff than merely care and custody of the House of Correction. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the powers of the office sheriff are very clear. Right. And you, and you do have a, a large role in law enforcement. Yes. Your opponents seem to disagree with you. Well, they're entitled to their opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think they, they may have their own impressions about it. I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years. Um, I, there's nowhere. I mean, we had a, you know, Judge Garth gave a, a decision that was written like an appellate decision uh, on a matter years ago uh, where we were doing work in New Bedford and, um, and made clear that the sheriff has a right to be in every community. Um, and, and we work very closely with our, our law enforcement partners. This was way back. Um, and uh, we have full powers of arrest. Uh, we are a law enforcement agency. And, um, and while my whoever it is disagrees, some people may disagree, um, obviously um, they are entitled to their opinions. Not necessarily. When do you think it's appropriate to use uh, the sheriff's powers of arrest? Whenever there's a crime that's happening, yeah, but <laughs> unless it's, unless, it, unless unless it's a misdemeanor, Dummy. unless unless it's, unless it's a misdemeanor, but 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 what I'm saying is you guys aren't often on patrol, are you? No, our canine respond. Our canine respond to all the PDs they, they, frequently, and we train canine for other departments. So I guess the better question is, when do you think it's appropriate? for the sheriff's department to assist with local law enforcement. Yeah, so you're involved with the task force, right? A lot of the task force. Yes. You, you, you supply manpower to the task force. Okay. Right? I do. Okay. I, I, have, I have officers assigned to PDs uh, that, that work there. We, I mean, we have great partnerships. We, they use us. We're, we're, we're the best source of intelligence. They come over, call us up. Hey, we got a case we're working on. Can you listen to these calls? We, one of the guys we think may have been involved or is an affiliate might might be you, you could pick up intelligence on that for us that helps them solve cases right um we work for in the da's office we're, we're all in this together and and, it, and i i started that from day one but to marcus to your point um look uh when i when i when i purchased that mobile command center when i first took over right um it was supposed to be delivered three days before 9 11 but when i does i had that designed i made sure that on the side of that vehicle it said it had every city and town listed it had every discipline, EMS, fire, police. And I told everybody, I, I acquired the vehicle, did all the work for it, my staff and I. And and I didn't do it for me. I didn't do it to have some fancy vehicle. I did it for the county. And I did it because I knew that we needed resources. And I told them, if you have a, if you have a situation, call us. I'll have two people on board, our technician and the driver. They'll arrive there. If you need, if you want me to be part of your operations command, you just call me. Tell me what you want me, what role you want me to play in your operations command. But if you don't, you're the you're running it. I mean, the department that that needs it, they they are going to be the operations commander, and uh, they, it will technically be their vehicle until it's done. Then we'll bring it back, clean it up, get it ready for the for the next need. And um, and and I've always believed that from from day one because I was in law enforcement. I understand the importance of these partnerships. And I also understand what the role of the officer sheriff is. And um, so, anyhow, it's, it's, um, it's a very complex job. 
it's one some may want to minimize it uh, and not take full advantage. Some people say, well, all they do in Massachusetts is this. Well, if the sheriffs would just choose to do just that and don't want to maximize the full services that we have, then that's their choice. Right. They're elected by their people, but I am not going to minimize the resources and the powers of the office and and take the chance that somebody loses out on services that we all otherwise could provide. But, so what, ha- but what happens to, the, to those senior citizens or the autistic kids if you're not the sheriff and the new sheriff decides he doesn't want to run those programs anymore? What happens to those kids? Well, then I guess they won't have the program. Okay. So um, speaking of that, I think we're joined by Hank Turgeon, who's, who's on the line. Hi, Hank. Damn, damn your caller ID. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to change my voice. All right. It's too quick for me, Marcus. I just want to say, gentlemen, I, I'm enjoying the show tonight. Thank you. Uh, um, uh, Marcus is getting swept up on the floor. and it's, it's, I'm only kidding, Marcus. I, I love you. I love the show. This is, a, this is a very entertaining night for me. So... I just want to add to what the sheriff was just saying about working with law enforcement. And I know some of the people that disagree with the sheriff don't think he should be doing certain police uh, powers. But I will say in my tenure as the union president, one of the things I worked the hardest at was to do mutual department, to work with the state police, to work with local departments. Uh, We got mutual aid with all the local towns, cities and towns. And we are all working for the same common goal. Yeah. We all wear badges. We all want the same thing to keep the community safe. And to say that Sheriff Hutchins, who has all the powers that we have, shouldn't come in and assist our city. He's not taking our jobs. He's helping us get the job done. So I commend him for what he's done. I've appreciated the work relationship we've had. In fact, this is the first time in my life that I've ever held a sign for a political candidate. And it was for Sheriff Hodgins. I stood out the, the green, and I was proud of it. So thank you, Sheriff, for that. Well, thank you. And thank you, Hank. And you know what? Um, and coming from Hank Turgeon, who's been in this uh, business for a long time, he is a, he is uh, one of the, the, the great Bedford officers who, who shows what dedication and commitment is to right. keeping the community safe and working with people. He, right. he's, um, he's a pretty phenomenal guy, and a lot of people don't know the things he's done for charities, right? Um, for people beyond um, what his responsibilities are on the street and in, 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 the, in the work that he does. It's, it's pretty unbelievable, and he's a great example of what, what gives law enforcement really a great name. You went down to Washington with him, met him in Washington recently, right? I did, yeah. I went down for the, um, for the uh, memorial, the police memorial, and, um, and um, yeah, and, and, and was able to spend some time with some of the Bedford guys. It was great, and... Um, and of course, Hank's one of the great leaders of that department. So, um, you know, it's great to have those kind of partners. It really yep. is, and, and particularly somebody who gives so much to his community. Thanks for the call, Hank. You guys are being Thanks. so nice to each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Fourteen twenty W. I'm Marcus. I'm Chris, and we're joined with, by Sheriff Hodgson. Sheriff Hodgson, thank you for staying with us tonight um, through the eight o'clock hour. We appreciate it. I know there were some callers that wanted to talk to you, and we were able to talk. You were able to talk to them. I do have an app chat message. Uh, someone asking uh, named uh, Just Do Good. Uh, everybody's got funny <laughs> names on the Snapchat message, but right. uh, if you could please address the issues and concerns made by your opponents versus the reality of the job and the danger their policies may or may not bring to the community. 
Well, I don't know all of their positions uh, other than the suggestions of, you know, the, you know, we need to have more rehabilitative programs. We need to measure those things. Those are things I've been doing for, for almost 25 years. I mean, this is an evolving thing in corrections where um, that's what you do in the business of corrections when you're, you're dealing inside the facility. But they're saying you're not doing it well enough, I think. No, they're saying what positions would your opponents, if they came in, have? No, no, no. I'm saying that's what the opponents are saying. They're oh, saying yeah, you're not yeah. measuring it well enough. Well, I'm not sure how they would know that because the, I've heard a number of things being said, and it was very clear to me they don't have any understanding. No, one of them used to type reports in a jail. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, you know. so, Sheriff, the um, how do you feel about the sex offender registry? Do you have any affinity towards sex offenders? Well, that's a, that's a very dangerous sort of situation when you're right. dealing with people like that. I mean, we know what happened at the, at the, uh, the Bedford Library, right? Why don't you remind people what happened? Um, well, there, there was a, there was a, a situation that happened where there was a sex offender who had been let out actually right. um, in our county um, that that um, reoffended right at the New Bedford Library. And I mean, these things uh, look. We we owe it to the public if we think something is going to be a threat to them and a danger, and we know it. Um, we owe it to them to use every resource to protect them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in a case like that, where where there's a, a high likelihood of, of reoffense, why would we we expose our kids or anyone else to the potential of being victimized? It's just not it's not okay. We're speaking with Sheriff uh, Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodgson. And by the way, Sheriff, I just want to tell you, I the suspect, and I believe he's been convicted in that sex offender uh, case. I actually knew that kid. When I was a kid, he was an adult by then. But I had him as a juvenile when I worked at at. Um, St. Vincent's in the 90s. It was very well known, very well documented that he was a danger not only to himself but to the public. And I I will tell you that I started getting text messages after he got arrested from people I grew up with who we all worked there together saying, can you believe that maniac was out on the street? Yeah, and you know what? The problem I'm I'm, I'm finding, I think a lot of people are frustrated with, is the idea that, um, look, if someone has an, a problem like that, um, that's obviously a concern to, to the, the safety of other people. Um, but there are some out there that will say, well, you know, it's really not his or her fault. Um, and we really ought to be more kind and let them out and expose people to the danger. It isn't about judging that person as a human being. It's basically saying you are a danger based on the current conditions you have or situation and we owe it to make sure that you aren't going to be in a situation that's going to hurt somebody else right okay if that isn't that's not being mean to the person it's being honest and if anything it's being mean to the people that might be victimized because you're 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 deciding you want to just say well you know you know somebody should try to help this person get to a better place i don't think anybody denies trying to help people if they're in a bad way but when they are in a bad way and there isn't an alternative or a way to do it, you don't say let them out right. and, and, and ultimately hurt the people that you, you were, were trying to protect, knowing that that's, there's a likelihood that, that kind of thing could happen. And in that case, it was a child at the library. Right. So, it's Sheriff, um, so Sheriff, which uh, let's say you weren't on the ballot this year. Which, no, let's not say that. <laughs> let's say you were, on the, you were on the ballot this year. You were on the ballot this year. You're running for re-election. Let's say you weren't. Which of your which of your opponents would you vote for for sheriff? I don't. Uh, I don't think I'm in a p- position to to 
to suggest any one of them. I, 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 I you couldn't vote a Democrat I primary. I, I, I've not heard any any clear defining difference, really, honestly. Um, if I were looking at it seriously, knowing what I know about the job of sheriff and and how complex it is and, and the responsibilities associated with it, um, I'm not sure I, I would be in a position to be able to even pick somebody uh, of the three that were, were ultimately um, different. Okay. Would you hire any of those three so far that you've seen to work for you? Um, I'd probably to, Nick, I'd, right? He's been I'd, so nice. I probably. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with people being nice in elections, believe me. Right. right. I'm a big believer in that. Uh, you know, um, I would say we'll uh, see. That, that one of the things, that, one of the, the hallmarks of what we do is we make sure that we do do ex- uh, interviews of people, an extensive background check to make sure. Yep, to make sure that they are that they that they qualify. Uh, I have interview boards. In fact, uh, when I took over, I said, I'm not going to be part of the, the, the process. It's not going to be a political place because once you start making it a political place, what happens is you're, you're, you undermine your command. People go, uh, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're qualified or not. They're just going to hire you for political reasons. Right. You can't run an operation that way because your, your command then is undermined and nobody, nobody believes that you're doing it for the right reasons. Right. And you ultimately can't run a good operation if you're picking people for political reasons. you got to pick them. you got to interview them. So I tell you my were, staff. You were a political appointee, though, to your position. I was. But I was already working at the sheriff's office. And, uh, and, and it was because the former sheriff was leaving. Right. So I, I, I appreciate you raising that, that uh, point because, obviously, the governor thought I was the best qualified. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. And he knew, oh. I had that, he knew I had the background, and he knew I knew the, uh, the systemic issues in the organization. So. Counsel, didn't they tell but you never that. ask a question you don't know the answer to? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we actually have to take uh, – we've got a pretty lengthy break coming up. And, Sheriff, I, I appreciate you coming on and talking to us, Happy taking the taking – the, uh, taking calls from the audience as this campaign progresses we're obviously going to have you on your future opponent on and then we're going to have both of you on together and we're really looking forward to that i hope you are as well oh i am that'll that'll be that'll be awesome and and you know what thank you so much and like i said you know i i'm 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 a big one that believes that you know it's good to have have elections it's good to have um, alternative positions and the people get a real chance to hear both people's positions and ultimately make the decision that's best for them and i think that's that's what america's all about where can people go to learn more about your campaign they can go to sheriff tom hodgson um uh dot com and um and uh there's a website they can take a look and See all the things. SheriffHodgson.com, right there. And you're sure I'm reading it. Well, SheriffHodgson.com. You got it. All right, we got to take a break. Thank you, Sheriff Hodgson, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sheriff Hodgson. We appreciate you coming on and having a conversation with us. <laughs> no problem. We uh, we are closing out on the second hour here, and we are going into the third hour. We'll be taking your calls at 508-996-0500, and we will be talking on the WBSM app chat. It'll be just Chris and me, and uh, we'll be uh, having a good time. It's Friday night, so what better place to be on Friday night than with us? Well, in a manner of speaking. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys on the other side of the uh, news break.